All right, welcome to the Kingdom United podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Isaac Carpenter. No, he's not my brother. He's not my cousin. <laughs> he's my brother in Christ, and he is anointed. He is on fire for God. He's a pastor down in Huntington, Huntington West Virginia. Huntington, West Virginia. And tonight's episode is going to be on the topic, understanding the significance of agreement. Before we go ahead and start talking about the subject that God has laid on my heart, I'm going to go ahead and welcome uh, Pastor Isaac to come in and just go ahead and lead us in prayer. Absolutely. Well, before we get into prayer, I just want to say thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, it's it's funny you mentioned how we weren't related. I was gonna I was gonna mention that. Of course, being in in, in West Virginia, we may be related down the line and just not know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, but anyways, let's let's get to it. Father, we we love you so much. Yes. Uh, we honor you and we thank you for your presence. And we know that uh, there's no distance in your spirit. <laughs> so, Father, as we are. Uh, talking on this podcast, I thank you that um, anybody that's listening, Father, I ask that you would just surround them, you'd comfort them, that your spirit would just encompass their mind, their soul, their spirit, whether they're at home watching on the way to work, uh, doing something around the house, no matter what it is that they're doing, that God, as they're listening to this, they wouldn't hear Isaac, they wouldn't hear Zachariah, but God, they would hear you speaking through this podcast. So, Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for unity. We thank you for the power that's in agreement. And we ask this in no other name but the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 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 That's Amen. good. All right. So, understanding the significance of agreement. Now, as a single man myself, maybe I don't really have the right to come on to this topic. But, Isaac, tell me a little bit about the power of agreement in marriage. You're, how long have you been married now? Um, it'll be two years in February. Wow. You got yes, a little baby. Yes, sir. He's, he, he's six months. He turned six months old on Saturday. Awesome. You know, so tell us, a, I mean, I'm sure there has been at some point, and because I am fully confident that the devil, one of his number one strategies is division. Yeah. And I'm sure, because especially with the calling as big as your, yours in this life, the devil has tried to creep his way in and cause some division. What would you say to the people out there that might be struggling with division in their marriage? So I love it. I love how we're getting right to this topic. Um, I think before I get into the meat uh, of the answer for this question, um, the first thing that came to me, Zachariah, is I think that the enemy's tactic um, when it comes to uh, ripping the church away, when it comes to ripping um, this country away, is I honestly think it's through the way of marriage. Um, I, I truly do because, you know, we go all the way to Genesis and we see that what did the enemy come after? He came after a family. You take yep. Adam and Eve, right? And you see a man and a woman 
So you see a picture of family and you see an image of family. And what did what did the enemy come after? He came after that image. So I think I think I think that if the enemy can can take over the church, if he can take over this country, he's coming through by way of family. And and here's here's why I think it is extremely important for um, obviously agreement is extremely important um, for the man and for the woman. But the reason I think it's stronger for the man is because as we read in scripture, we see that, you know, the man is the head of the household. And I think that if the enemy can destroy the man in the family, he's got the whole family. Yeah. And if a church is the Lord gave me this uh, earlier in this year, as I was planning for a men's conference is if, if the enemy can destroy a family, he can destroy a church. And here's why a church is only as healthy as its families. And the family is only as healthy as the man, right? So ultimately a church is only as healthy as its men. So if the men don't get this principle we're talking about right here in this moment, then I think the enemy has the family. So let's get into this agreement piece. I think that first and first and foremost, you know, when we hear this piece, we, we first off, we think naturally, we think earth realm and we think agreement with husband and agreement with wife and agreement with wife and husband. That is, that is important. But first most, the most important thing is you have to have an agreement with your heavenly father. Amen. Um, I think in order, because you can have great agreement on, on earth with your spouse, but if there's not an agreement and a connection and a unity with you and Jesus, forget trying to lead a family, forget trying to have a healthy marriage, forget it all. Um, Cause at the end of the day, you just can't do this thing by yourself. Um, so I think, I think before we get into a, agreement naturally, we have to understand that there has to be an agreement with you and Jesus. There has to be that agreement piece there. And, and then ultimately, and, and I think, you know, when we think we have, we have a hard time, a lot of times, Zachariah is when, when it comes to agreement, we try to think extremely, extremely deep. Um, we try to think of these super spiritual things, but when it comes down to agreement, agreement very comes down all the way to the minute things in life, very simple things. So if it's not necessarily, you know, like I said, we think of the big grand scheme picture of things, but no, there, there's gotta be agreement and unity all the way down to the smallest thing in your life. Um, because, you know, as we, we hear this all the time, it's the small foxes, right? It's the minute things that will destroy a marriage, it'll destroy a church, all these things. So there has to be agreement all the way down the line. And then when it comes to agreement with your spouse, I think in order for a, a, a marriage to be healthy, there has to be agreement with both purposes, individually and also as a marriage couple, married couple. I think that if you as a husband don't understand that your wife has an agreement, has a purpose of her own, or as a wife, that the husband doesn't have a purpose, an agreement with their heavenly father to fulfill, then you will never fulfill your purpose together. Wow, never will good. be able to do that. So I think, I think that there has to be an understanding where, yep, I've got an agreement with my wife and she has an agreement with, with me. But before she ever existed, 
or before I ever knew her, I had a call that I was in agreement with. Before she, before I ever knew her, she had an, a call, a call and a purpose that she was in agreement with. And how dare me or how dare her come in between that agreement? So I yeah. think you have to understand that as a married couple, you you are in agreement with someone long before they were in agree. You were in agreement with each other, and and I think that a lot of times you know we can get in our flesh and we try to put each other first, and that's not how this thing works. So I think agreement, Zach. I think I think it's extremely, extremely, extremely important. Not only spiritually, but like I said, earthly. I think the reason I'm hitting on that topic of earthly and here naturally is because. You know, we, we 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 think a lot of times so we're so spiritually minded that what we're no earthly good, yeah. And 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 I think it's the the practical things that we as believers miss. You know, we we get the spiritual agreement, but there's there's an earthly agreement that we have to look at um, in all phases of life. So I think I think in, in agreement in in a marriage is is very vital. But you have to first understand that there is an agreement. There's a significance in agreement to God way before. There was an agreement before you even knew each other, much less before, you know, you, you became one. So I think that you have to understand. And you also, this is another thing that I found out and that not a lot of people talk about. And I don't understand why that, that when, when you're married, you're to serve each other's purpose. You're to serve each other's agreement. You're to serve each other. And so like, if, if my wife would come to me and say, you know what, I hear God saying this and I'm in agreement with that and I think it needs to be done my role is now to serve that to to help whatever I can to do that and so we have to understand that that there's an agreement that they had with with Jesus and with heaven long before there was an agreement with us so I you know I think that's I very say that I'm reminded so oftentimes I I've I've seen in the church where people get so caught up serving the church that they don't serve their spouse yeah. And Jesus, you know, the Bible never says husbands love your church as you love your wife. Yeah. All right. It's so, so good. So uh, love your wife as you love your church. No, it doesn't say that. Right. Yeah. You have to love your wife and serve your wife before you can ever be in a position of leadership. The Bible yeah. talks about having your own house yeah. in order. And the Bible talks about a good man's steps are ordered order by the Lord, the Lord yeah. right? And for you to be able, before, you know, before Adam had a wife, he had a purpose. He had a relationship yeah. with God. He had work to do and he had a vision right and all of that was in agreement with god before he ever had a wife absolutely wife supposed to be helper for man as well so if a husband doesn't have a relationship with god work and a vision then that's just going to cause a lot of frustration for the wife because she ain't got right. help right so the first thing is before you get married, before all of that, you want to have an agreement with God yep. about where you're going. Yep. Because that that's the end all be all. You know? Right. So 
being in agreement, you can't have your steps ordered by the Lord if you're without not agreement. In agreement with yep. God about where you're going. So yep. that comes first. And then, you know, being in agreement with each other. You can't, I always like to show it as if, like if you were to look at a triangle and a husband is on the bottom left corner of the triangle and the wife is at the bottom right corner and at the top of the triangle is God. And at the bottom of the triangle, there's some separation. There's a gap here at the bottom of the triangle. But the closer that each one of you gets to God, the closer each one of you get together. So did that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So for you to be able to really connect on a deeper level to your spouse, because there's that physical level. But that is only satisfactory satisfactory for a small window of time. Yeah. yeah, that won't sustain you. That won't sustain a marriage. Being connected spiritually and being in agreement about God's purposes for each individual person's calling in their life, that's what's going to sustain your marriage. Right. I love it. You, you you said something that I want to I want to kind of mention when you were talking about the scripture that says you know the steps are ordered of the Lord. You, you have to think that part of agreement is submission. Because if I don't ever want to submit, I can't have I can't have agreement. Because part yeah. of submission is obedience. Part of submission is is like like we said a righteous man. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think <laughs> we don't I think like that. In the in today's culture, we don't like that S word. What what yeah. was that word again? <laughs> yeah, we don't like submission. And the reason is is because submission requires you to do stuff out of your own will. Yeah. You know, submission, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. Um, but when you're submitted, uh it, that's that's a that's you know a a, a requisite. So I think I think submission is a vital part of agreement. Um because to your to your exact point, when you were given the illustration of the triangle, um, and you were you were given the illustration where, you know, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to each other. Well, in order for you to get closer to God, you have your flesh has to be submitted to your spirit. So ultimately, we see because because your 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 flesh doesn't want to see the triangle illustration come to come to fruition. Your spirit does. Your flesh doesn't. So what you have to do is get your flesh in submission to your spirit so that you can get closer to God. So we see that what, in order for me to get agreement, right, I have to submit my flesh to the spirit. And so we see in this illustration, what we're talking about here about submission, submission is necessary for agreement. You, you If you want to find anybody in agreement with God, they got to be submitted. If you want to find anyone that's in agreement with their wife or their husband, they have to be under submission. And I think if it's in the church realm, in the leadership realm, in, in a business world, whatever it looks like, in order for there to be agreement available and present, you will not find far off submission. They go, they go together. You know, that, that's such a great point. And what I want to bring up is this particular passage right here. First Corinthians okay. 1 Corinthians 
1 Corinthians 1.10. Awesome. And what we find in 1 Corinthians 1.10 is, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you, that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. You see, for you to have revival in your church, there has to be unity. Yeah. If you can walk into a church and immediately you can sense the presence of disunity. It's a spirit of division. The leaders are going against the leaders and the congregation is against the pastor and all hell is breaking loose. People are leaving, people are backsliding and the church is dead. All right. That's because the vision has crept in. That's that's not oh. what we want. Right. How, I mean, have you no. ever seen that before? Absolutely. I've seen it all the time. And here, here's the thing. I've always said this. I've always said that division will distract, but unity will attract. Oh, wow. That's good. Division will distract. Right. Because where, where, where there's division, you'll see it a mile away. And it'll get you so focused on the division, you'll miss God. But unity will attract. I've never in my life, Zachariah, been inside of a church where unity has been there that I didn't want to be there. Why? Because yeah. division will what? Distract and unity will attract. So I think, I think, listen, if you if you're if you're a pastor, you're a minister listening, and you want to see a moving of the Holy Spirit in your church, find unity, find agreement. And whenever, wherever, whenever division tries to pop its head up, don't wait to deal with it. Deal with it then, because uh, the longer you let division sit in your pew or sit on your chair, the longer it'll grow and the harder it'll be, be to take care of. So, if you want, if you want people attracted to the ministry God's given you, you chase unity. Amen. Except, I mean, you hit it right on the nail. It's something that we stress a lot. I mean, over the, and I'm not coming from like an egotistical or prideful or braggadocious standpoint, but that's something we really press on in our church. Uh, it's Life Church of West Virginia, Apostolic Pentecostal Church. Mm -hmm. And we are seeing massive revival. Okay. Wow. We're seeing, you know, just in the last two weeks, 14 people have been baptized in Jesus' name. Wow. And I believe about eight or nine of those came out of the water speaking in tongues. My Lord Jesus. So not only did they get baptized in Jesus' name, but they also got received the baptism, the baptism of, the of the Holy Ghost. Spirit. Yep. Yeah. And wow. You know, they experience, you know, the repentance, the death part, the water baptism, the burial part, and the regeneration part 
of the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's a symbolic yeah. representation of what Jesus Christ did. Death, burial, resurrection. resurrection. And we die yeah. to ourselves. We're buried in the water and we come out as a new person and experience regeneration through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're seeing this massive revival in just a short, I mean, I'm from a, a small town, a very small town, like less wow. than 13,000 people. And there are churches around here. Like I said, I'm not coming from a prideful standpoint, but there are churches in this area that have not seen one person receive the gift of the, receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost all year. Wow. And we're seeing massive revival. Why? Because we stress unity. And that brings me back to uh, the passage in Matthew 18, 19. Matthew 18, 19. It says, again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, you ask for it it doesn't say it might be it doesn't say it maybe will happen it says it will be done for you by my father in heaven for where two or three come together in my name there am i with them wow you know so, you know something go ahead i'm sorry no 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 go ahead Something you, you hit on is, is when it says, you know, again, first off, we, we, we see the, the very first word in the scripture is again, which means he's reiterating something that he's already said, right? It says again, and any time in scripture that we see, uh, you know, something happening again, um, uh, it's, it's letting us know, hey, pay attention to me, pay attention. So we have to understand that, that Jesus in this passage of scripture, he, he's, he's shouting this out from the rooftops. This isn't something he's whispering. This isn't something that he's saying may happen or, or this is, you know, a scripture that, uh, you know, it's not really important. He's saying again, which is shouting out alert, alert, pay attention to this passage. And then we get down to the ending of the scripture and it says it will be done. It doesn't say, you know, because we have this, this misconception of, you know, I'm not wealthy enough. I'm not rich enough. I didn't go to college. I didn't grow up in a grow up in the right neighborhood. You know, my background, my ethnicity, my race. No, it doesn't say based on any of that. No, it says it will be done. It doesn't matter who your dad is, who your mom is, what your family did to you, what they didn't do to you. No, it says it will be done, which leaves no room for the fact that it there's a chance that it couldn't be done. Come on. Exactly. You know, and we get this, we get this idea in our minds okay and this is something i haven't talked about yet on the podcast but something that is constantly brought to the forefront of my ministry whenever i'm ministering to somebody about a particular issue especially whenever it comes to the concept of prayer yeah is this right here is wow. god lives in eternity and we live in time Think of time as something that is subject to eternity. God made time. 
before there was a tick or a talk, before there was a, a, a nightfall or a sunrise, before there were even stars, before anything, there was God. Wow. And God lives in eternity. We live in time. So when we pray for something, now it has to be in something that is in God's will. Because the Bible says, if, um, if my words dwell in you, right? Right. Ask. Because you, you can't just ask for something that is not something that is in God's will for your life. He will not answer right. that prayer. Right. But if you are asking according to the Bible, sometimes you, because God, there's times in the Bible when, uh, like for instance, Noah, he, God remembered Noah. I'm not, God's all knowing. He's omnipotent, omniscient. But sometimes you got to look at God boldly. It says we can come to his throne boldly. Boldly, say, yeah. This is what your word says, God. I need that. Wow. You remember? This is what your word says. This yeah. is what I need right now. And we get in our head that, you know, just because we pray for something, open our eyes. And we don't see it manifest right away. That yeah. God didn't answer our prayer. If you are praying for something that is in God's will for your life, in the heavens, he has already accepted it. He has already said yes and amen to your petition. But because we live in time and he lives in eternity, wow. sometimes... We have to wait a little bit. That's why, I mean, Isaac, have you ever woke up one day and realized that you have been living in an answered prayer? Absolutely. Have you ever, for instance, my great-grandmother dead. She's dead. I still feel the prayers that she put over my life while she was walking the face of this planet because wow. God lives in eternity we live in time. That's why God can give you a word today that healed something that happened 10 years ago. That's why God can give you a word today that changes the whole trajectory of your entire rest of your life because God lives in eternity. We live in time. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I think, I think Zachariah is something that I, I had some notes written down and one thing that um that i wanted to kind of hit on is when we when we hear the word uh, agreement we have to understand that unity is agreement and agreements unity they go together they're they're own practically the same thing and you know when when we think of this word agreement zachariah we think of or when we think of this word unity we, we think of a physical posture you yeah. think of a bunch of people being together, right? But I think it's a lot more than that. I think I think I think unity is 
you know, when we see in, in the book of Acts, and I'm going to get to that later, at, later is, is we see in the book of Acts, we see them what it says there are, we're all together in one accord. And I'm going to go ahead and hit on this real quick. Go ahead. So we see in first Corinthians, um, I'm looking at my notes here. It says that he told about 500 people to go to the upper room, right? He tells 500 people to go to the upper room. Yet we go to Acts chapter one, verse 15. And it says that there were what? 120 people in the upper room. So my question is, is what happened to the 380? I believe that 180, Zechariah, those 380 people that they found something better to do than to wait and be in agreement. And this, this is just to let you know that not wow. everybody's going to be in agreement with you, but there will be somebody that's in agreement with you. And I would rather have, you know, we see he told 500 people and 120 people went to the, wrong, the, the, the upper room. I would rather have 120 people in agreement than 380 people not in agreement. That's because good. agreement, I've, I've, I've always thought wow. this, agreement is one of the most powerful things on the earth. Agreement is. Agreement, agreement. And then we see, so we see, we go forward to Acts chapter 2. And we see uh, verse one is is what it reads. It says, on the day of Pentecost arrived, they were what? They were seated together in one accord. They were in one place seated together in one accord. So I I think when we look at the scripture, when we see that it was seated, we, we ultimately think that unity is a posture of a physical location. It is that, but it's also a posture of my heart. It's a posture of my spirit. It's a posture of my mind. I can be unified physically, but disconnected spiritually. Yeah. I can be unified and in agreement physically, but totally gone in my mind, in my heart, and in my spirit. So I think unity and being in agreement is more than a physical location. It's my mind, my heart, my spirit, my will, my emotions, all in agreement, all in unity with what he wants. So so then... We, we go down a little bit farther and it says, so on the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So we see that unity, right? Uh, we see unity, which breeds agreement. And then we go down to verse two, and here's what it says. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. So we see that this is the result of unity and agreement, right? So the 300, listen to this, this is powerful. So the 380 people, right, that didn't wait, that found somebody else, some something better to do than to wait and get in agreement, they missed what the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the upper room. Why? Because they didn't want to get in agreement. Wow. That's a powerful thing to think about. That just because they didn't want to wait and just because they didn't want to get in agreement and just because they didn't want to get in unity, they missed the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the upper room. My Think God. about that. Think about that. Just, just a crazy thought. They, they, they had the same opportunities, Zachariah, as the 120 people that were in the upper room. Because he told all 500. He didn't tell just the 120. He told all 500. You know, go to the here on the day of Pentecost. You know, I'm gonna pour out my spirit. Right. This is what he says. So then, what happens on the day of Pentecost? 120 people are up there. So the 380 missed out on the outpouring of the Holy Ghost just because they didn't want to get in agreement and didn't want to obey. That's a crazy thought to think about. And you know what just came into my mind, my spirit, as you were just saying that is this just shows that Christianity is not a popularity contest. 
the closer that you get to God, the closer in when you are in agreement for God's will in your life, you're going to have the 380 that leave. Yeah, absolutely. This is not a popularity contest. The closer that you get to God, if you, if you saw it, the closer that Jesus got to the cross, how many of his disciples yeah. are there? Yeah. Wow. The closer you get to God's purpose, God's will for your life, and you're in agreement with that. Yeah. Not everyone that you started your journey with is going to be at the end of it, and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. That's so good. As you were saying that, I, I really feel Zachariah. I really feel this in my spirit that somebody's listening. Somebody's listening to this and they're wanting to start a business. They're wanting to start a ministry. They're wanting to go to school. They're wanting to go to the college. They're wanting to fulfill this dream. They're wanting to do whatever it is, but they, they just feel like they don't have everybody in agreement. And that's all right. That's you so don't funny. have to take, you don't have to take the 380, but there's going to be 120 that are ready to be in agreement, ready to be in unity with you. So whoever that is that's listening, uh, no matter if it's tomorrow, next week, or however far out, uh, if you're listening to this, I just wanted to encourage you that you don't have to take everybody, because guess what? Not everybody's gonna go. We, we see it in this story we just talked about. Not, not all 500 win, but you give me 120 that are in agreement versus 300 that aren't, and we'll go flip this world upside down. So I just want to tell you that whoever it is that's listening, you've got what it takes. You've got everything that it, you need. You've got the 120 backing you up. So so don't don't think that, oh, I got to get more people. No, we just read it. What if two or more? That's all it takes right there. If two or more, you're in agree. You, you know what it is. Just find somebody else to get in agreement with you and you can do it. Wow. Amen. Come on. That's good. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. You know, wow. Let me uh, let me just say this was brought back up into my memory and I want to thank you for this correction that you gave me Isaac. I don't even know if you remember this. You probably do. Maybe. I don't know. You you've helped a lot of people in your life. There was one particular instance and it kind of made me mad a little bit up front. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like but it's what I needed. It's what I needed to hear. And you said, listen, Zachariah, this whole thing, it's not just about singing a couple songs. It's not just about praising the worship. You got to get in the word. You got to get in God's presence. Like God has yeah. a plan for your life. Yeah. Like, that's something you need to take serious. Yeah. And, you know, we get, if, if, you, if you're regularly attending church or if you're not, let's say, I mean, let's say you are. And you get caught up in, you know, the lights and the fog machines and the, you know, the nice songs that they play. And I'm not saying that anything, any of those things are wrong. We actually see like in Revelations, there's some, there's some light shows being shown. <laughs> in the <laughs> Okay. You know, it's, right. it's not boring. All right. Right. But 
you know, we can get caught up and think that this will, you know, you know, if I just come to church on a Sunday and repent of my sin, sing a couple songs and drop some money in the, you know, in the tithe and offering bucket, I'm going to heaven. And that is not, that is religion. Right. We are called to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Not just even citizens of the kingdom, but ambassadors, people who bring the kingdom ambassadors, yeah, to their workplace, to their job, to their industry, to their business, to their political system, to the education system, to the healthcare system. We are here to infiltrate the world and bring it under subjugation for the kingdom of God. And I honestly don't think I would have ever came to this understanding if I was just so caught up in singing a couple cute Christian songs. Yeah. The, you, you, you pointed it out to me early on in my faith. He said, listen, this is not what this is just about. Praise and worship is necessary. Right. And before, you know, before you enter the throne room, you should be given praise and worship and glory and honor and exalt and magnify the king. Right. But that's not, that's just not where it stops. That yeah. is very surface level. And God has something more for us every single day if we have breath in our bodies that is evidence that god is not done with us yep yep wow that's so good yeah it's it's so good you know we get we sometimes we get caught up in the in the lights and the and all that stuff and that's great you know it can it can be beneficial i, I mean i don't get me wrong i love lights i love the fog machine but if if that takes preeminence over the word of god then we're doing this whole thing wrong yeah wow go ahead no you know i i just wanted to say wow i mean this this has been a fantastic episode um yeah do we have time do we have time if i got one more thing go ahead go i got one more thing that i, I got one more thing that i wanted to hit hit on and then and then that's all that's all i got so i think i think um like I said, when it when it comes to agreement, um, you know, agreement. How do I want to word this? Let me say it like this: What you permit, you you agree to. That's good. And what you agree with, you exalt, right? So we think we think agreement is always this verbal agreement, right? To where, you know, your your son comes up to you. Hey, can I go with my friends to the football game? Yes. Right. We think, okay, that's the agreement. Or, hey, do you think what I did was okay? Yes. We think that's a form of agreement. But that is a form of agreement. But also me allowing something to go on is a form of agreement. Right. Me knowing that someone's doing something that they shouldn't be doing, me knowing it and not dealing with it is saying that I'm agreeing with what they're doing. Yeah. So, so if you're you're married, um, you're a son, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, whatever form you you know whatever phase you're in in life, if 
if something's going on and you know that it's wrong and you don't give voice to that and you just don't do anything, you're agreeing to it, right? So, so let me give you an example. Let's say, um, let's say, you know, you're, you're a parent and you found out, um, you know, that, that your son did something extremely inappropriate at school or your daughter did something extremely inappropriate at school. I'm just trying to give you an example. Um, and you know this and you don't deal with it and, and, and you just kind of let it go onto the side. What you have now told your child is you are in agreement with their action. You didn't, you didn't say verbally, you know what, I'm in agreement and what you did is okay, but because you permitted it, you allowed it to go on and didn't deal with it, you've then given agreement to it, right? So, and then now since you've given agreement, you've not only said it's okay, but now you've exalted that thing, right? So if you, if to give you another example, let's say you have someone that um, you know that's dealing with drug addiction, or maybe they got out of it and relapsed or something. Uh, and, and you know that this has happened and you're not dealing with it. You've not only given agreement to it, right? But now you've exalted this addiction because you've, you've permitted it and now you've given an agreement. So that, that's, that's one thing that I wanted to hone on because agreement is more than just an, a verbal affirmation or a verbal confirmation or, okay, yes, that's okay. I'm in agreement. No, permitting something to happen is, is agreement. And, and this is, this goes beyond just marriage. This goes into the church. If you're a minister and you know that there's sin in your congregation and you're not dealing with the issue, you've now permitted that it's, you've now told everybody in the congregation, it's okay. Yeah. Without you saying it because you're permitting. I'm reminded of a time. So I, before I deleted Snapchat, cause there's just so many opportunities on that platform for you to fall into temptation looking as a man. We we still have male organs that can lead us yeah. in the wrong direction if we're not spiritually sensitive, right? Yeah. So, you know, I deleted all that, but beforehand, there was a particular girl that she would be posting these tarot cards and you know charging people five ten fifteen twenty twenty five dollars for people to come and get palm readings and tarot cards wow claim to be christian i said listen i don't think you understand but what you're doing is witchcraft wow you cannot have a relationship with god the king almighty and be playing around with witchcraft. You know what she told me? She said, "What? that's not what my pastor said. Jesus. Wow. He said, this is okay. He actually yep. likes what I'm doing. Wow. What you permit, you're responsible for. Yep. If you're that's in a so position good. of leadership, you need to take that position very seriously. What you permit, you're responsible for. What you permit, you allow. Yeah, you're given an agreement to. You're yeah. given an agreement and saying, okay, this is perfectly okay. If anyone wants to participate in this, it's normal. It's a part of our culture here at our church. Yeah. And the thing is, the scary thing is, you know, Zachary, we don't, we don't look at the big picture of this. 
But at the end of the day, that blood is on the, your hands, right? Because if I know it's going on, I've seen it. The Lord revealed it. else has come to me and addressed this issue, and I have not done anything to it, okay? I've permitted it. I'm saying it's okay. I've given agreement to it, right? Now, guess what? That's on my hands. And that's the thing that we don't we don't think about the big picture. In it. But I mean, I'm telling you, the power of agreement is 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 vital. It's 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 incredible. Wow. If you want to have revival in your church, it's gonna take agreement. Yes. If you want to have a successful and sustainable marriage, it's going to take agreement. If you yes. want to be able to scale your business, if you want to be uh, you know, to be able to produce wealth, which there's nothing wrong with. There's nothing. God uses a lot of very wealthy men in the Bible. It's just that money can't be your God. Yeah. Okay. If you want to be successful in business, it's going to require agreement vertically, vertically and horizontally. We're not just called to be priests, but also to be kings, a holy nation, a peculiar people. A priest is a vertical relationship here on earth, looking up towards the heavens. Man 